know, you know the first people to sing this song in scripture? Y'all see, I already messed some of y'all up. The concept for this song was in the Bible before they ever wrote this song. I remember three boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that stood before a king. And the king made them a threat and said, if you don't do what I tell you to do, uh, I'm going to heat up the furnace seven times hotter and I'm going to throw you in it. Uh, and I love the way these boys answered him. Uh, they said, oh, king, we ain't even careful to answer you. Hey, they was a little bit cocky with the king. You know what they were saying, king? We ain't even got to think about this one. We already made that decision a long time ago. They said, let, let us break it down for you, king. We're not even careful to answer you because our God that we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. The first thing you need to remember uh, is that your God is able to bring you out, honey. Uh, whatever's facing you, uh, whatever trouble is taunting you, uh, you got to remember I don't have to fear uh, because my God uh, is bigger than my dilemma uh, and he's bigger than my trouble uh, and he's bigger than my circumstances. They said, but if he chooses not to, We'd rather die than to bow down. The devil doesn't know what to do with a group of people that are fearless. And I got a, I got a feeling there's some people in the building tonight uh, that you're going through a little something, uh, but you walked in the building tonight uh, and said, devil, I'm not even afraid uh, to stand here tonight and let you know uh, that my God is able uh, to bring me out. Uh, but if he doesn't, uh, just know, devil, uh, I'm going to die with a praise in my mouth. Uh, I'll die with my hands in the air. I'll die with a dance in my step. I dare somebody to take the next two minutes and give him a fearless praise tonight and let the devil know I have no reason to fear. Come on, somebody grave him up. One, two, I have. Give him a great big shout of praise in this place tonight. Come on, if you came on a Tuesday night uh, with faith in your heart uh, and you know you're standing on the word of God, uh, somebody give him a shout of victory in this place. Let's do it like the Bible said and clap your hands, uh, all you people, uh, and shout unto God uh, with a voice uh, of triumph. Somebody give him a triumphant shout. Hey! Turn around and push your neighbor. Tell him neighbor. Tell him neighbor. Tell him I have no reason to fear. Tell him and if I don't have a reason to fear, 
you ain't got no reason to be afraid. Now give him a high five and give the Lord a great big shout of praise one more time in this place. Amen. You can be seated if you want to tonight. Amen. It's hard to sit down in an atmosphere like this. It's hard to relax in an atmosphere like this. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? I want to take just a moment to say a great big welcome again tonight to all of our guests that are here with us. Would you help me put your hands together? Come on. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Let's welcome all of our guests that are here with us at our midweek service tonight. To all those that are streaming online with us tonight, we're so glad that you tuned in just to get a glimpse and a peek into what is happening in the house of the Lord tonight. We are so excited. We wish you were here with us tonight. Amen. It's a bummer having to watch somebody else eat good food. Amen. You ever sat there and somebody got lunch and you didn't get your lunch yet and they start like, and then they look up at you and they say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want some? And you're trying to be polite like, yes. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Thank you. And you just got to watch it. That's what it's like streaming online at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. You, you just got to sit at your computer screen with your, with your little tongue hanging out. We, we just want you to know we in here enjoying these ribs up in this place tonight. We in here licking our fingers. To, this is finger licking good church tonight. Oh, I just need 15 of y'all that know what I'm talking about. I said this is finger licking good church tonight. <laughs> amen, amen. It's so exciting to have the sisters Collins back in the house of the Lord with us. Tonight, would you help me give them another warm hand clap of welcome back tonight, Sister Collins and Sister Sierra. So good to have them in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, man, I'm telling you, God is doing so many incredible, incredible things. If you were here this last Sunday, you can testify of all the amazing things. Lord, get this devil out of the PA system in Jesus' name. Amen. You can testify of all the amazing things that the Lord did in this place what an incredible move of God we had here. I'm just telling you, Sunday morning, this place was packed. And we had guests and visitors everywhere, people deeply impacted by God. Our VIP room was full of, of, of people just hungry for God to do something great. And just testimony after testimony of God directing. This was Book of Acts revival happening, folks. I'm talking angels and the hand of God and the voice of God stirring and moving people around this city. And uh, so many incredible things taking place. And then Sunday night, uh, what, a, what a sovereign touch and move of God that was in this place. And, uh, of course, Sunday morning, we broke a Sunday school attendance record. We broke a bus ministry record attendance on Sunday morning. Matter of fact... They, they came saying, Bishop, we are, oh, we are triple overflow. We, we need more. So we're, we're in the middle right now. We're buying three more buses. We're buying three more buses, and we're ready to buy more if we need to. Amen. We will need to. And, uh, but we're going to start with these three. And uh, we're excited about what God is doing. Amen. And, uh, you know, I had something that I wanted to say uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't get the opportunity to do it. 
And uh, I don't see, is Brother and Sister Gomez not here tonight yet? Amen. I don't see them in the house of the Lord yet. Look at the timing of God right there. Y'all give Brother Brian a big hand clap of welcome. Where's Sister Jenny? Is she coming in that door? She ain't making it up here. Come here, Brother Brian. I want you to come help me now. You're just going to stand up here for your family. How many of you love the Gomez family tonight? Amen. Brother Brian is an awesome young man. Uh, amen. And uh, God, God allowed them to, to direct them here uh, a few years ago and and uh, they were facing some situations that they said, you know what, we just need God to do a work in our lives. We need God to do something. And I have watched this family just, just make up their minds that they're going to live for God and be what God wants them to be. And I wish Sister Jenny was here right now because we'd bring her up here too. And uh, as God has continued to work on this family, they approached me a, a good while back and so, Bishop, we feel like God, God's putting a burden in our heart to do something. And, and uh, you know what they did as a husband and wife? They both enrolled in some college courses together. <laughs> they said, we, we, we could take this money and go on vacation or buy something new, but we're going to invest in, in what God's doing in our lives. And they started school together. And you know what? Recently, they both completed a Christian counseling certificate program. Both Brother Brian and Sister Jenny are certified. I just wanted to say congratulations, Brother Brian, and how proud we are of you and your family. I think we ought to give God praise for that testimony. Amen. Thank you, Brother Brian. And uh, they are an incredible testimony of what God can do in somebody's life when they make up in their mind, we're going to let God complete the work that he started in us. Amen, somebody. And uh, there's several, several families and individuals and people in here that are working on some incredible things. And uh, I just felt to, to say that tonight and so, so excited. Now, uh, turn to your neighbor, tell him we, we have a housekeeping moment here. And, uh, and, and if you're online, you can go. This is a good time to go get you a Coke. Yeah, amen. And uh, get you something to drink and then come back to your computer screen in just a moment. Uh, but we, how many of you are, thank God for all of the awesome projects that we've been completing around here and some of the upgrades we've been doing and cleaning things up. And how many of you appreciate that? Amen. We're, we're continuing to, to work on several things, and, and uh, this week we've got a few projects going on. One of those is uh, that we're doing some very nice upgrades to the lobby. And uh, we want, when people walk into the front doors of this place, we want to just put our, an extra level of shine on it and, and represent a spirit of excellence in this house. Amen. And so we're adding a few pieces of furniture out in the lobby and some things that will be very nice. Tell your neighbor, tell them, family, we got to take care of what God gives us. Oh, you, you got the wrong neighbor. They act like they were busy at the moment. Turn to the other neighbor and tell them, neighbor, we got to take care of what God gives us. Amen. And so I got just a couple of things that we're going to, we, we want to institute, change up, make sure we're doing right tonight. And 
Uh, how many of you enjoy our snack stand that's out in the lobby in our bookstore? And some of y'all ain't clapping like you on a special diet, but I see you in that line after every service with a donut in your hand. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We thank God for that. But um, as of tonight and moving forward, um, there, there's going to be some seating and tables that are going to be handy there by the snack stand. And, um, and then there's going to be some other pieces of furniture in place to sit in other parts of the lobby. And we're going to institute a new, a new guideline here. If you are going to be eating any kind of snacks or anything in the lobby, we ask that you please keep it uh, on that side of the lobby where the snack stand is. Amen, somebody? No drinks or food or anything on this side of the lobby either. Consume it there if you would, or obviously you can take it outside. Amen. But we want to take care of what God gives us. Amen. And then the second thing, tell your neighbor the second thing. Amen. If you got back to your computer screen already, you can go get some popcorn real quick if you need to. We're almost done. The second thing is we want to put out a, a gentle reminder tonight that if you have children, and by children, I mean anybody living under your household, If you have children, we ask that you please do not let your children run around this premises outside of your vantage point and your hand of care. <laughs> Cue the shout beat right there. <laughs> Amen. The Bible, the Bible says we're supposed to do things decently and in order. And, and, and it, is, it is not in order for our kids to be running around all of this premises like it's a gymnasium playing chase, running into guests and visitors and bumping into people and destroying church property, running through the bushes and flower beds, behind the counters playing hide and seek. Slamming doors open and closed in and out of the sanctuary in the bathrooms. When God gives you the Holy Ghost, he gives you the wisdom to set your house in order. <laughs> Brother God, I'm, I'm going to make it easy for you to preach tonight. I mean, they're going to be ready for you to just please introduce the evangelist. And so I'm, I'm kindly asking you as your bishop tonight, if you have children, please do not let your children run around this church outside of your arm reach. Keep them with you. Don't let them run around. We, there's cars in it. We're constantly seeing kids run out in front of vehicles. In the parking lot, we're seeing vehicles have to slam their brakes as they're backing out because kids are running. And that's got to stop. Amen. We don't want to put your children at risk or anybody else at risk. And so we're asking you to please. Now, I'm going to add to it. He's going to add to it. If by some chance you have a moment of absent-mindedness, and we know that's not going to happen very frequently because you're so gracious and studious to be 
great responsible parent, but in the event you have a, a moment of mindedness and your child strays out from your tender loving care and they are running around out where they're not supposed to be, etc., and another adult sees them and corrals your child and asks them to stop. Please let the Holy Ghost take control of your mind and don't get an attitude because somebody else had to correct your child. Oh, this is good preaching. This is good preaching. If you had your child under your care, they wouldn't have to do it. And so they may have to say, hey, Johnny, get out of there. You know you're not supposed to be in there. They might have to say, Cinderella, go sit with your mama. Go find your mama. Don't get upset with that. If you want to get frustrated, just get frustrated at your own self for not paying attention to where your kids were. Amen. When people come into this place and they need God to help them with their families, we want them to see hope. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so, so let's let's do our best. Let's be responsible, and uh, we we don't need kids running around and and uh, out of order and all those kind of things. Amen. Somebody. My God, take a deep breath. Jesus' name. Somebody shout, this Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. My goodness. It is so good to see the Parkers here tonight. I just had an ADHD moment. How many of you love the Parker family? So good to see them with us, this great young couple. And uh, they come hang out. We're family. And uh, we're glad they're here tonight. This Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, as you know, we are presenting a, uh, an original stage play production called Broken. I, amen. I got to sit in my very first uh, full rehearsal uh, last night. And the very first scene I was in the back of the church with tears rolling down my face as the anointing of God hit this place in the rehearsal. I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss it. And you want to get everybody you can to be here. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And uh, we today we released a social media piece as uh, an advertisement to the community. And so I'm asking everybody that can grab, if you've got Instagram, Facebook, uh, I don't know, some of y'all still might be on MySpace, but uh, <laughs> whatever you got, grab this, uh, this social media piece, forward it to everybody you can, forward it every day if you have to, between now and Sunday, and uh, this is a very easy way to reach a lot of people, and uh, matter of fact, uh, y'all want to see it real quick? Media team, go ahead and, 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 and play it for them. This Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, 
right here at The Rock Church of Fort Myers. You do not want to miss an amazing celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Join us this Sunday for an original stage play production of Broken, written and produced by The Rock Church. Come for an exciting time of worship, fellowship, as you enjoy a cinematic production of the power of God and His resurrecting power in our lives today. I'm Bishop Williams, and I invite you to join us here at The Rock Church this Sunday at 11 a.m. for Broken. It's going to be awesome! It's going to be awesome. And uh, you don't want to miss it, so uh, get everybody you can. Staying with me all over the house tonight. Uh, we're so excited to have our evangelist back with us again tonight. How many of you have been absolutely blessed by the ministry of evangelist Greg Godwin? God has been using him in, in such a powerful and a unique way. And, and uh, Brother Godwin, we come tonight 100% submitted to the Spirit of God and the direction of God for this service tonight. And we want you to come and obey the Holy Ghost. We love you. We appreciate you tonight. Come and preach the word. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise as he comes. How many of you love your bishop and first lady? Come on, let's give them a big hand. Amen. Thank God for a pastor. Amen that loves you. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles, let's turn to Mark chapter 8, verses 19 through 20. Amen. And let's turn to 1 Timothy 3 and 16 as well. Amen. It's great to be with you again this week. We're thankful for the nearly 50 that I believe the number is that's got the Holy Ghost or been baptized in the last seven or eight weeks. Uh, and so we're thankful for that. Amen. And tell somebody it's going to get bigger and bigger. Amen. Amen. And uh, we're excited about what God is doing. And it has been my honor to be with you here. I'll be missing the next couple of weeks. Got to go take care of my daughter and son-in-law. They pastor out on the West Coast. Two counties south of or east of Berkeley. That's where they were called, was to Berkeley. And a month before they went, a pastor was there, called Brother Morgan and said that he felt he needed to resign his church. He had 20, 21 people. So they jumped on a plane, flew out there and preached, flew back home. And then three weeks later, they went out, moved out there. He had them come back and preach two weekends. The church voted. All 21 of them voted them in. And so they're pastoring two counties south of where they're called at. But if you've been to California, you say it's just all people. The whole counties, there ain't no separation nowhere. I mean, it's something else. And uh, since that, that uh, they got there, and a week after they got there, the pandemic broke out and shut everything down. Didn't have church inside a building for eight months. But they grew to 60 people in those eight months having church outside. Amen. So we're going to go preach there Sunday and then go preach one of my elders that called me. And then we'll be back in somewhere here and there. And just following the Holy Ghost. So it's great to be with you. First Timothy 3 and verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery. Would you say the mystery? 
of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Mark 8, verse 19 and 20. Jesus asked the disciples a question. He said, when I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They said unto him, twelve. And when the seven among the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They said, seven. Now, I went to ABI up in Minnesota, 1981 through 1984, and they were big on doing dramas at the end of the year. The last 30 days, they just... All three classes did drama practice for 40 days, put a drama together, and they were astounding. And so sermons and things and texts kind of come to me dramatically. And I see Jesus at the end of this, and, and he said, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? They said, seven. And he stepped there and kind of went. Shook his head and said, how is it that you don't understand? He said this to the 12 disciples. So I want to talk to you tonight for a few moments on the miracle of picking up the pieces. The mystery of, tell somebody the mystery in picking up the pieces. Amen. High five somebody and an amen every 30 seconds will keep us out of trouble. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. The word mystery here in Timothy is, means a previously hidden truth in which a supernatural element remains in spite of the revelation that has been received, that which is divinely revealed. It's like when God began to reveal himself in Genesis 1, he's revealed as Elohim, God of plurality of might, not plurality of persons, but plurality of might. And it's capital E-L-O-H-I-M. And, and uh, we understand that even Pharaohs were called an Elohim at a few times, they, but it was a little E. It was a word that was used to describe the, the massive, overwhelming majesty that this person or God had. But as time went down, he began to reveal a little more about himself by revealing more in his name. He began to reveal himself as Jehovah. Time went a little bit, and he revealed himself Jehovah Tiskanu. Time went on a little bit, and he revealed himself Jehovah Jireh. Time went on a little bit, and he revealed himself Jehovah Shama, the God that is present. And uh, he began to reveal these names. Every time he would reveal another aspect of his name, they moved into a revelation of what used to be a hidden truth. God was always all of this. He was revealing them, but they didn't know it until he revealed it. Ultimately, you go through the Old Testament and the prophet says, in that day his name shall be one. Not just O-N-E, but his name will be one name. And we understand that, amen, when Jesus was born, that God said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he, not they, he shall save his, not their people, but his people, from their sins. And our text said, Great is the mystery of godliness for God, the God of Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, that God. Timothy is revealing God. Great is the mystery of godliness for God 
was manifested in flesh, in a body. God was not, did not appear in another God. It had another God inside of him. It was one God revealed in the flesh. Touch somebody and say the Bible called Christ flesh. Amen, amen. And so we understand God was manifest in the flesh, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and then he was received back up into glory. So it's a mystery as there are elements of the revelation that begin to be received because of revelation that is divinely revealed. It's a secret through the idea of silence that is imposed until the time, tell somebody, until the time of revelation is entered. There's people that uh, here in the last couple of years I've had it happen all 38 of my years preaching, but in the last couple of years there's been people that, that came to a church we had one come to our church in New Orleans where I attend and a man came that had never been in or to a church for any reason. Wedding, funeral, luncheon, breakfast, nothing. And they walked in and everything was new to them. Clapping, the singing. And they were happily uh, shocked. I mean, they were like, man, y'all are happy. You know, they thought everybody that went to church was sad and it was one man doing all the talk and everybody else would just repeat prayers after him and just kind of muddle through it. And, but when they came, to the, they came to the church, I mean, they were like blown away. So, oh my God, in their hands. Like, wow. Turn around and greet somebody and everybody can creep, pound, punch them. And they say, hey man, that's cool, man. What's your name? And before it was over with, they end up getting the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Amen. But um, my point is, is there are people that they come to a place that they don't understand. There's the idea of silence imposed until the time of revelation is entered. It's where there is a hidden purpose or counsel held back. So it's here in our text. Jesus has referred the chosen 12 and is attempting to jog their memory as to the outstanding and stunning miraculous event of breaking the five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring me some of that bread over here, bro. Amen. My man, I forgot today to get bread and had to send the man out. Thank you, sir. You did good. Amen. And uh, here, got some bread. And so they, he said, how many uh, bags, of, how, many, how many bags of bread did you pick up? Jesus had been out and teaching and they got done teaching and they got ready to go home, and they said, we need to go home. They said, it's dangerous. I mean, this is a three-run highway, but we, to get home, we got to go back up to Jerusalem and going back uphill. That road comes down to one turn, get down some tight turns. You know what the papers say. you got to be careful at night because there's gang members out there. I call them gang members, and they, they'll knock you out and beat you up and take your money, and we need to go. I mean, you've been teaching all day, Jesus. His disciples started saying. You've been at this a long time, Jesus. I mean, if you, I mean, if you'd have known you was going to teach all day, you could have told us you was going to be long-winded. We could have brought something to snack on you. It took a 30-minute break or something, you know. I mean, they're just, they're just disciples. They're, they ain't got a clue about what's going on. Tell, tell somebody the disciples were absolutely clueless. They were stupid as a box of rocks. Just say amen so I ain't got to prove it. They were stupid. Pre-Holy Ghost, they didn't know come here from Sikkim. 
come here, sick them. You know, the difference in the direction. They, they didn't know. They were thinking of an earthly kingdom. They thought they were in the newest little religious club and clique, and they were cool with it. They had no idea that this was God manifested in a fleshly body and what he had been doing for many, many, many thousand years was preparing the Jews for what would be not only a Jew event, but it would be a worldwide event. What was the world? The worldwide event would be when God would robe himself in flesh and be beaten to where history says most men that were crucified would die before they even got to the cross. I mean, they beat him. They tried to kill him before they got him up on that cross. But he, they beat him. They, 39 stripes saved one. They hammered nails in his feet. They nailed him face down on the cross. Not out on nice little you know, pictures you see of him. He's sitting on a nice little, standing on a nice little pedestal. No, no, no. It wasn't worried about his comfort. They nailed his feet down. Laid it down, put his feet down on it. Then they pulled him up and stretched it over and drove it through the media nerve and then twisted it over and put his, and now his back's in an S twist. Doctors say his ribs begin to pop out, ligaments begin to snap. Then they picked that cross up and dropped it into a three and a half foot hole. Bam! Put rocks down in it to steady it. And now he's drowning on his own blood that he got a beating. 39 stripes saved one. They beat him, beat him till he was bleeding internally. Now they got him up on this cross. He's hanging there and he's basically drowning on his own blood. And so he has to push up to get a breath. Back down because when he pulls up, he's pulling on the nails in his feet. Amen. Someone say he's pulling on the nails in his feet. And so now he he has to let himself back down, but when he goes down, he pulls on the nails in his hands, and that hurts. And so he's (gasps) (coughs) 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 bleeding and drowning on his own blood. Man, I wasn't planning on going there, but I'm here. This is, this is what's going on. Jesus, he, he's wanting these disciples, that they're just clueless. They got this little earthly uh, religious gang concept. This little us four and no more. Us six doing the same tricks. Us eight and everything's great. And, and you know, everybody else is scoundrels. And everybody else is bad. And Jesus picked us. And we're the boom shakalaka. And, you know. And you, you know, now I'm, I'm preaching a little bit here. Now, see, what we have to be very careful of in the church is that this, this disciple spirit and attitude or posture gets on us. Where we just walk through the grocery store and you don't say nothing to anybody. You know, you're, you're all fixed up, cleaned up, thinking you're going up, but you're not. If you got the attitude I'm talking about, tell somebody you're going to bust hell wide open. All religiously, you're going to bust hell wide open if you're arrogant and snobbish and quiet and won't talk to anybody and walk around with your head up in the air and nose up a little bit. Oh, Lord, I'm having flashbacks over 45 years of living for God. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus. I mean, I'd be in Lake Charles and see people in church and, and uh, you know, at the... At the mall, they got like 23,000 churches around Lake Charles here within an hour. I mean, it's like thousands of one that's Pentecost. They just split churches, split churches. And just, it's just a bunch of stupidity. Thank you, I got a bunch of uns, but they get no amen. So you might as well say amen right up front. Because it is stupid, and I've said it right to their face. 
because it's stupid, but I'd be in the mall and I'd see them, they'd see me, and I'd go, ah, and they'd go, oh, and they'd shoot down, I'd cut through the dresses, and I'd say, I'll be right back. I'd cut through the dresses. I'd run through the dresses. Start run through the pews, but I gotta hurry. Y'all gotta practice tonight. And they'd walk right up and say, Hey, how are you? They, oh, how are you, sir? How are you? Are you are you are you saved? Yes, I am saved. You're saved, aren't you? Yeah. How could you tell? Because you ignored me. <laughs> me. I mean, I ain't got a tie on the suit, but I mean I ain't run around here short and stripped off looking half naked and I got my hair cut right and combed right and I even spit white. See? I mean, I, you know, you can tell I'm saved, but, but why did you turn from me? Let somebody just say amen. So I got to where I just love going to the city. He's never been in a good store and look for apostolic people. Watch them ignore me. <laughs> Ignore me, you're going to wish you hadn't done that. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Now look, see, so you're quiet and I'm going slow. I'm letting it just suffer. I'm just letting you suffer. Because I know it's hitting you. Amen. We're, we're not careful. We get like the disciples. That's what happens. We get like the disciples. And, and Jesus, he's at the miracle and he's... Where y'all going? We need to get back. It's late. And we got bad people out on this road. We need to get home. We can get killed. That jumped out here. He got that, I mean, you know, you got that good Samaritan out there. I mean, he found that guy in the ditch. And I mean, you know, we, we, we don't want to be the guy in the ditch. He said, you know what? Y'all just sit down. I've been teaching all day, but I feel another, I feel Oregon starting to play behind me. Wah, 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 wah. This one, Jesus went into hooping. Oh, glory. He went to preaching on them then. He said, tell everybody to sit down. They all sit down. He said, hurry, sit down. We gotta hurry, get this done. He's got a little long-winded spirit on. We gotta get him out of here. What do you want? He said, go out there and find me something. Somebody got a lunch. He said, what do you mean lunch? You didn't tell us you're gonna be all day. Ain't nobody got lunch. Ain't nobody with lunch. He said, go out there and ask around, see if you find somebody with lunch. They go out there and they come back and they got one boy had lunch. Out of five thousand men, not counting women and children. Potential, 12 to 15,000 people out there. But we'll just stay in the Bible and say 5,000 men because we know it. Now, 5,000 men aren't going to be fed off of one little sack lunch. But see, it's in the hands of Jesus. So Jesus, now he did it to 5,000, he did it to 4,000. So, so he's breaking it. And he, he blessed the Lord, bless his bread, and let it feed your people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, who needs bread? Okay, I want you to stop and feed them. So here's, here's what the disciples, he said, disciples, give you some bread and you feed the people. Watch, watch. I'm going to give you guys that are picked and in the club, I'm going to give you the bread, you go feed the people. Come on, come on. Give me some more. Come on, you guys on the front row, come on, help me. Come on. Quick, give me about, I need 12, so I need some more men. Come on, come on, come on, come on. So y'all, here, take the bread. I know it's, it's horrible, it's embarrassing, I understand, but it's the way it is, hallelujah. I'm preaching, so I'm going to embarrass a fool out of you, hallelujah. So here Jesus is, he's breaking the bread, and there's not been a miracle yet. Now, now I need you to go give it to people. 
See, now here, stop. See, now here's where we are. We come to church, get bread, we keep it to ourselves. You've been in church 50 years. How many Bible studies have you taught? How many people have you talked to about Jesus coming again? How many people have you talked to about needing to be born again? Just say amen to somebody because what we do is we do what the disciples did. They're doing like these guys. I'm giving them bread and they're just standing here. But God gives us bread, which is his word, because he don't want us just fed. He says, eat you some, but then go give some to everybody else. Did y'all hear me? Y'all just got bread? Go feed somebody. Go feed somebody. Yeah, go feed somebody. And come back and get more because we got a bunch of people in this house. You're getting some, but I need you to go get some. Come on now. These disciples come for food. Y'all get the picture now? So what happens is, I mean, they're out there for hours. I mean, he's breaking bread. Every now and then, it's, it's good bread. You can take a bite every now and then. Get you a bite. Get you a bite. Get you a bite. And then take the rest and go feed somebody. Did you hear what I said? You got to eat the word that's coming tonight, but now when it's done, you got to go feed somebody else. Oh, I didn't get no amen. But I sing in the choir, Pastor, but did you feed anybody? Well, I'm on staff, but did you feed somebody? Did you say anything to anybody that was lost? Thank you, boys. And the disciples are like, man, how much is he going to do? He got these five loaves. And I get all this bread because they say, they're saying they were long bread. And so he's breaking this bread up. Get you a bite. Take a bite. There you go. Now go feed somebody. There you go. There you go. Okay, that's good. Everybody give these guys a good hand. Give them a hand. We're done. Here's what happens. I'm done. That's good. That's good. I'm done. Go ahead. Sit So there's 5,000 men and they're eating the bread. My God, I know he's going to be long-winded. Oh, God, he's hungry to eat. My belly was eating my backbone out. And they're eating this bread all over this place. And they all get done. And the disciples are like, okay, we're ready to get out of here, Jesus. We fed them. It's time to go. Jesus said, no, 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 no. You guys that were disciples, you got a little extra bread because you ate a little more out of your hand than you should have. You fed everybody else the bread and everybody else is leaving. I want you guys, I want the 12 disciples to pick up the fragments. That's it. Somebody clean the church is like, my God, who's going to clean this up? 
the disciples are. Just put it all up here on the platform, right there on this pool platform. Now, thank you, that's good, you can stop. He wants more than their memory, from their memory than just the total of baskets filled. He's searching their minds and spirits to see if they got the revelation, the point, the power, the purpose of the miracle event. Bewildered in their understanding, he asked, how is it you don't understand? For three and a half years, the miraculous ministry of Jesus was documented by detail by the gospel writers. These miracles were recorded sometimes by all four or three or two, sometimes only one recorded the event. But these miracles, these two miracles, all four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record them. So what's going on? The Lord's ministry began with a push and a pull into the wilderness. He excited, exited in the power of the Holy Ghost, went in full of the Holy Ghost. But after the 40 days, he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's where God's got this church. He's pushing us. And he's pulling us. A lot of miracles. I've got a bunch of miracles gone down. Mark 121. Man in the synagogue with the spirit of an unclean devil. He cries out, leave us alone. I know thee who thou art. The Holy One. Jesus come out of the wilderness. He walks into church and a man screams out. Leave us alone. Now Jesus of I know thee who thou art. You're the Holy One. God, devils were speaking out of a man. And Jesus cast those devils out. Mark 1 and 40, a leper was healed, kneeling down, saying, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. Now he'd been alive for 30 years and hadn't done one miracle, but now the power of God is active in him and the man, Christ Jesus, is working under the anointing of the God that's in him. Mark 2, 1 through 12, the man sick with palsy, let down through the roof. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth from them all. He, I mean, the church, the Bible says that the power of God was in that building to heal all of them. Listen, it's more than just having a full building. The question is, are you getting what you need? They were church members in their church. They had needs. Jesus was there to heal them. But none of them got healed. They had a man outside the building who had palsy for 38 years. He had four friends. They went up on the roof, tore a hole in the roof and let him down. And Jesus, dust all over him, must have started running, trying to figure out what's going on. Jesus said, it's all right. Hey, what y'all doing? Guy said, well, we got a friend up here that can't walk. Been paralyzed 38 years. Wow. What do you want? Well, we wanted to come down there, but none of the people in the house would let us in at the doors and windows. And Jesus went. See, you have to be very careful if you get nervous about all the guests coming in. See, you're Pentecostal. You're not going to say many amens, but I'm going to preach to you. I'm preaching to this church about a dynamic moment. We're not just going to have Easter Sunday if Jesus doesn't come back, but there's going to be visitors from the balcony to the floor, and we are glad that they are here. Those people in that church, they were religious. They were Jews. They were snobs. They were arrogant. They didn't want anything to do with what Jesus had. Finally, Jesus just shuts them all off. 
starts talking through the roof. It's all right. How big is he? Well, he's on a cot up here. It's about 42 inches long, two and a half, 42 inches long, about two and a half feet wide. Well, you're going to need to break the hole open that far and that far. And he's giving him, I mean, the dust falling in, the twigs. And he's, all right, come on, let him in. They let him down. He goes, hold right there. He said, how you doing, buddy? The man just looking at him said, well, I'm in here. I just was hoping maybe you could heal me. I've never moved. 38. Wow. Let him down, gentlemen. They let him down. He looked at the man. He said, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the church responded then. But the religious arrogance. How dare you do that to this Gentile man, this nasty, dirty Gentile, this outsider. What are you doing forgiving him of his sins? Jesus turned to him, said that you may believe. He said to the man, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And the Bible said immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. They had never held an ounce of weight in 38 years. But when God touched him, immediately his ankle bones weren't just healed, but his calf muscles were there. And he got up and walked out, carried his bed, went out the door. Can I tell you that this church needs to get ready for outsiders coming in? Amen. So anyway, I'll get back to my notes. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Mark 3 and 1, the man was with a withered hand. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. Stretches it out. He healed many and so much that they pressed upon him to touch him. As many as had plagues and unclean spirits, multitudes were healed. In Mark 4, 35, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. And then he looked back at the 12 in the boat and he said, why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? I mean, you're in my group and you're in my clique. You're in my little club I got. And I called you. I called you from fishers nets and doctors tables and tax collectors tables. And, but why don't you have any faith? See, there has to be something in us that gets, goes beyond, oh, I'm just glad I'm saved. Well, I'm just glad I don't do drugs anymore. I'm just glad God delivered me from drinking alcohol. Come on, I'm preaching to you. Amen. You gotta be, there's got to be something you says, I'm thankful for God delivering me from prostitution and prowling and, and pimping and whatever it was you did and drug dealing and fighting and cussing and becoming a drunk. You need to be thankful God did that for you, but you've got to go one step further. Mark 5 and 1 through 15, the man from Gadara delivered of demons. Mark 5, 21 through 30, the woman with the issue of blood. She has to press through this religious group of people. Now the Bible says that this crowd was pressing up against Jesus. Come here, Bubba. And we'll make Bishop Jesus, okay? And the people were pressing. Come here. Pressing against him. Pressing against him. And was walking. Now the crowd was so tight, they were pressing against him. And they basically the movement of the crowd moved Jesus. They were touching him, throwing him up against him, but nobody got a miracle. Nobody got healed. But this person with this issue of blood saw Jesus coming down the street in this crowd. 
and broke, busted, and disgusted, dying, days from dying, he begins to press through the crowd. At the outside, it was easy getting in, but when he got close, they were saying, no, you we've been out here for two days waiting for him to come, and we got our place. You ain't getting in. And somehow he got to the ground, and he began to crawl on the ground. And when he got within arm's reach, he just reached out and touched the hem of his garment. When that man touched the hem of his garment, everybody else, hundreds and thousands of people had been brushing up against him, hadn't turned him. There had been no release of miracle power. But when that person that had the issue of blood touched him, he turned around and said, who touched me? And the crowd just split because they probably moved him down 10, 15, 20 feet away. And there on the ground was that man with the issue of blood. He said, I did, Lord. And the Lord looked at him and said, thy faith hath made the whole. Now what are you saying? I'm trying to hurry. What are you saying? I'm saying just because you're in the group, just because you're in the gang, doesn't mean you're helping anything. There's got to be something in us that wants to touch him. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? From that moment, his ministry had audiences left. Men and Pharisees and scribes astounded with joy and power. Every miracle was full of purpose. Finals were to be administered for the schoolmaster. Destiny and purpose from the eternal was upon them. His main objective was instructing the twelve he had chosen. Lazarus is left to die as the Lord explains to the twelve. That you may see the glory of God. He's trying to teach these twelve disciples because they're in the gang. But they are literally clueless they don't have one idea of what God's got in mind he has now been with them for a year and a half it's just over a year and a half and so he's got a year and about nine months before he enters this week that we're in running out of time he lets Lazarus die his close friend shows up three days late Martha meets him way out of town. She was in church, you know. She was an old hag. Look at somebody say, it's just, you, we're just quiet, so he's just saying crazy stuff right now. I mean, Martha was just a religious hag. She cooked the food, you know. Mary, she said, oh my God, sit down. Jesus, he said, tell me more, Jesus, tell me more. She's crying, forget, we can eat anytime. Jesus is here, let's listen. Martha's cooking food. Martha, Mary, come here. Every time she wants Mary, 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 come here. Martha just ticked off. She gets to cooking all the food. It's table setting. It's food all out there. Now Jesus dies, and so Martha meets him outside of town. She's out there. She said, "What? I can't believe you didn't come see. I mean, we called you three days ago. You could have got here and healed our brother. He wouldn't have died if you'd have been here. What in the world?" He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Don't, don't get religious with me. You should have been here. He said, go get Mary. Now watch. Martha, her servant attitude, only got Jesus so close to the miracle. She left him, he left her, she left him outside of town. Jesus stayed right there until Mary the worshiper came. Mary's in, the, in, in town, in the house, and the whole crowd is with her. When she gets up, the crowd gets up. Where she walks, they walk. They ain't nobody with Martha. Look at somebody and say, you need to be a servant. But you got to be more than that. 
Could tell somebody serving doesn't direct a crowd. Worship will attract the crowd. Come on, tell somebody worship will attract the crowd. Your worship, not just in here, but your worship outside. Your worship at the table, whenever you say amen over your meal, whenever you say in Jesus' name, it's your, when you start living for God outside the church, that will direct men. So they come up there and Mary basically says the same thing, but she, we know it's with a different posture because it makes Jesus weep. The Bible says in Jesus' weep. He said, Mary, take the reef. Like, okay, I'll take you. So she takes him. Come on with me. Starts walking. Walks up in the woods. I'm doing a drama here. I don't have any actors, so I'm just going to pick one of you. <laughs> Walks up in the woods. There's Jesus. He seems to be right, he's right there in that tomb. Then Jesus says to Mary, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. He tells this woman to roll this stone away. Now, he, he was God in flesh. He could have said, be thou removed. Push, that thing would have burst into powder. But he wanted to see how bad she was. He said, go move the stone. She said, okay. She probably got two or three fins, and they got to pushing on that rock. A couple of men ran up there, and they started shoving. And say, well, there's so much work in this church, so much work in this revival. Yes. The miracle power of God is, is being unleashed in this church. But he wants me to tell you point number three. He wants you to move the stones out of the front of people's lives. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody we got some stones to move. We've got to let some dead people out of their grave. Tell somebody we've got to do that. Rose a stone away. And when they get it away, they're sitting there sweating hot. Whew, okay, Lord, there it is. And so it's this dark hole and Jesus kind of walks up to it. And you know what to do. Say, Lazarus, come forth. Everybody got quiet. I see him looking in. And inside that tomb was a dead man laying on that pedestal. And when the word of God hit him, whoop, he snapped too. But he had his grave clothes on, so he come waddling out. Now, here's the next part out here. You liked it? He's like, oh, my God, I loved it. I love you. All these religious people, all these fancy people, they ain't saying that, but you, I love you. You're my man. I mean, this, this comes out with a great, say they come out with the grave clothes. And then the Lord looked at Mary and said, loose him. And let him go. You can be seated for 28 seconds. I'm going to hurry to a close. Amen. Not only does God want to raise the dead, spiritually dead in this city, in mass, but he wants us to remove the stones. Whatever's hindering them, he wants us to pray the blockage out. He wants us to pray the bondage out. He wants us to pray the habit away. He wants us to pray the spirit. Come on, this is a praying church. The reason you're here tonight, not just because you chose to come, but this church has been praying. God, bring us guests. Bring us visitors. We don't care who they are. We don't care where they're from because we know you're coming. Bring us guests. You've been praying and we've got guests here tonight. We're glad you're here. we come to tell you he'll raise you from the dead he'll call you forth Lazarus come forth and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot they loose him and they let him go and now here's the point of this message the 
12 and the 7 was their response, but Jesus waits for more than an answer. Nothing. They looked at each other. What else does he want? Wasn't that the right answer? How many baskets full? 12, 7. What's he want? Jesus was waiting to see if they got the point, the purpose, the revelation. He wanted to know, did their understanding become enlightened? But there was silence. Some have surmised and speculated as to the purpose of the miracle, the revelation of the power encounter. One, they believe Jesus can just make a whole lot out of little, and he can do that. In the hands of Jesus is a blessed place. We are broken to be blessed. He blessed the bread and broke it and multiplied it. That's true. He can bless us. Or the most popular is there was leftovers for the 12. I'll get done. They picked it up and picked up a, enough. I had little baskets around their neck and they got to pick up the pieces and their bag and they got to go home that's still I mean that's a good little point but that's not why he had them pick up the pieces you mean 12 and 7 you don't understand no John 6 and 12 put it up there answers the question 6 and 12 John 6 and 12 there, there. when they were filled he said unto his disciples gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost John the revelator is the only one that records this verse the only one heard this had to leave it on their mind they were getting up and getting out we did our part we're gone boom shakalaka but John was hanging in there heard Jesus say gather the fragments that remain that nothing be lost John says they were at Delmotha Matthew says it was Magadan but all scholars agree it was a place that nobody knows and the place cannot be pinpointed to this day some of our greatest miracle moments happen when we are at a place we can't explain I never knew it was there place that you can't pinpoint you just know there was a miracle can I tell you Amos 3 and 12 says this thus said the Lord as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch he said Israel when I come and get you it's going to be as if you were one of two legs in a lion's mouth or he had just a piece of ear left to chew up. Can I tell you, God is sending us to people that don't have much left. Israel's almost devoured, but there was enough left to make a nation. church is not made up of whole people but of people who have need of a physician stand with me am I preaching in the Holy Ghost am I alright Bishop come on now listen it's three minutes till nine 
have need, the word here is Matthew, it means miserable, diseased, evil, sore, sick, badly. Coming from a word that means depraved, wicked, injurious, of a bad nature, base, wrong, wicked, troublesome, injurious, destructive. That's who Jesus is talking about. He said, Mark 2, 17, he said, When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm saying, I'm going to help you look through the crowd of Fort Myers. Now we know everybody is not born again. They need Jesus. But there are some people that haven't got to the point of they need a physician. God is saying to this church and people, I want you to pick up fragments. There's not much left of this. And that one breaks. Just trying to pick it up. We're going to have to be careful with some folks. Just handle them. They're going to be so tender. There's not much left there. You see that? Just a piece of a nose. Two legs and a piece of an ear. That's all there is. What can he do with that? I remember your testimony the other day. Look at this. How many years ago was it? Six years ago. Six years ago, she wasn't in the church. Six years. Came in broke, busted, disgusted. Little religious. <laughs> Not really, okay. But when she came in here, I'm sure. You felt something. How long did it take you to get the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Not even an hour. <laughs> One hour in church, this young lady was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. There wasn't much left of her. Can I tell you, there are no whole people anymore to reach. There are no full loaves of bread. People being tore up, chewed up. We used to love to eat bread and butter, and dad would take honey and butter and mix it up. Boy, and I'd take that and swipe it on a piece of wheat bread. Hey, Chateau, thank you, Jesus. But I'd eat most mornings for breakfast. I mean, you could get a little butter on that. I mean, that, that's just a nibble. Ain't much good left in it. Jesus said, pick up the fragments. Tell somebody that remain. Why? Because I don't want anything lost. That's why we're glad you're here.
Amen. We're glad you're here. Three guys, come here. All three of y'all, come here. Y'all know I'm talking to you. Come on, come on, all three of you. Come here. Come up, come up here. Come on. Now, I know these guys just could have been preaching. They got the Holy Ghost. They're baptized. It's all good. Everybody's good. They're good. Come on, come on, somebody. Boom, shakalaka. Amen. Come on up here on the stage. All of y'all, come up here. Let them get a good look at you. Come on. What are you saying? Now, I love them. I think they know that. I don't know what you've been doing, where you've been. Hadn't asked, have I? Ain't asked what you've been doing. Ain't asked if you've been doing any dope, drinking, whoring around. Ain't asked you none of that, did I? Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> See, they like me. I can play with them. In the last seven weeks, he's been. This young man was here. I don't know how long ago he prayed through. A year and a half. And we're glad you're here. Come on, tell somebody we're glad they're here. What I'm telling you, if we let each of them take, tell their testimony, maybe when I come back we'll have them do it one night. I don't know. It would blow your mind. It would blow your mind. But here they are now, born again. It's Tuesday night. They're back at church. What in the world? Give me some skin, Bubba. That's what I'm talking about. Now I'm asking you, have you seen any pieces? Have you seen any fragments, people, tore up from the floor up? Never invite to church. Not people that are whole, they think they're the boom shakalaka, I got it going on, yeah. Jesus said, forget them. I want you to find people that have need of a physician. Just pieces is all that's left. There's not much value to them. Remember what it was like when you prayed through? Better now, ain't it? Oh, way better. Amen. What are you saying? And I, I don't want to intrude on anybody. Come up here. Come up on the platform with them. Just come up there with them. How long have you been in church? Back in church six years. Six years. Wonderful. Come on up here. Amen. Stand up here with us. Come on. Stand. Go ahead and stand up there. I know you don't want to, but it's why I'm the preacher. I said, get up there. That's it. Get up there. Hallelujah. They have need of a physician. How many people know somebody? That's broke, busted, and disgusted. Tore up from the floor up. There's not much left of them. Just two legs. And a piece of an ear. Can't get nothing out of that. I've had, I've had pastors tell me, Bishop, I'll be outreaching an area and praying people through. And they say, okay, after a couple weeks, okay, that's enough. We're going to stop. I said, we stop what? We're going to stop outreach. They have looked at me in the face and say, we don't want no more of that. And I said, more what? Those people, it's, it's enough. I said, what? Well, we won't go over here with some, some, I mean, people over here and have houses and cars and have nice homes and stuff. They need God too. Oh, I see where you're at. 
you won't hold people. I've never said it back to him one time. And in my mind, I think Jesus said, the whole need not a physician. I was on a plane, flying back from California, stopped it. Phoenix, Arizona was on Southwest Airlines when I first started flying. Got on the plane, and Southwest, some get off and some stay on. And I, I got on the plane. When I got was first one on the plane, there was a, a man standing. He was dressed, had alligator shoes on. I could tell his blacks were custom made. I could tell he was boom shaka locking, but he was drunker than Kudo Brown. I could tell it immediately. Hey, you turn yourself. Hey, he talked to the stewards. Hey, and I walked in. I seen him. I said, that's all right. I got him. Come on, Bubba. Come on over here and sit down with me. Just turned around in that front row seat. Just sat down with him, pinned him against the wall. I said, you're going to be all right. Yeah, I'm going to be all right. What's your name? And I just started talking to him. Finally got him calmed down. Time the plane got loaded up and we took off in the air. He pushed his button, laid back his seat. And I said, so what's going on? He said, do you really want to know? I said, yeah, I want to know. Tears running on him. He said, I just dropped my boy off at the Betty Ford Clinic. He said, alcoholic. I said, oh my God. He said, yeah. He said, I'm about broke. He's about sent my, it was shot like a Home Depot. He said, about broke us. He said, I'm about totally broke. I had to take him and take him to Betty Ford Clinic myself before he bankrupts my whole company and everything I got. Tears running down his face. And I said, well, what would you take him for? For drinking, I said. And what's your problem? And he started crying. He said, I know I can too. And I was sitting there on the plane. I started talking to him. Pastor, I said, you know what? God put me on this plane. And I got on this plane first and to meet you. He said, why? I said, because you're rich, but you're broke. You're busted and tears started running down his face. I said, you are absolutely disgusted with your rich, fancy life. He said, you're right, sir. What do I need? I said, you need God. Tears kept running down. I could have prayed him through right there on the plane. We landed in Louisville. And I called the pastor there and told him, I said, I got this man, I'm giving you his name. He owns this lumber company. He's going to be coming to your church. Last I knew, he had got him, taught him a Bible study. He had got the Holy Ghost, was born again. It was a beautiful situation. There are rich people that need him. But it's most of the time, it's when they're broke, busted, and disgusted. God said, pick up fragments. So this week of Easter, what's this about? What's this program going to be about? It's going to be wonderful, I can tell. It's going to be bone shakalaka. But in this audience will be people. Some will have a little more to them than others. Some will just be a little fragment. You're going to have to be very careful with them. Not going to be able to put much butter or honey on that. Jesus said, You pick up the fragments, bring them to me. That's what he told him a year out from the day of Pentecost. What are you saying? Because I'm saying that the point of this miracle was trying to get the 12 he chose to get their minds off of themselves, just being in the game. Only here for us, 
only reason we're here is us and walk around the city like everybody else got cooties or ticks or don't get too close to somebody it's a sinner because they may have ticks on them jump off on you aren't you glad somebody didn't walk off from you so I'm done we got these young people here and I could call more up here but I'm just going to call these I was laying in the room yesterday and today. And I went to sleep. Went to sleep. I, I, it was a dream, I think. And I saw hundreds of you guys in these altars. Hands up. Speaking in other tongues. So what I'm saying is is God is challenging this church to pick up fragments. You had 105 on the bus Sunday. Pastor's buying you three more buses. Wild, crazy kids, but man, they had fun at Sunday school. If the Lord will tarry and give us just a handful of years, they'll be in the youth group, they'll be praising, they'll be singing, their moms and dads will be in church. Stand with me. Stand with me. Thank you, guys. Stay right there. Fragments, pieces. Fragments from unknown places and events. Hard to pinpoint what happened. They don't really remember the trauma. Jesus just wanted to understand. Guys, I don't want anybody lost. Don't walk around, over, or past anyone it don't matter how bad they are how drunk they are leave them a card leave a card at the table tell somebody we got to pick up pieces now if you'd all just come down here in the front and get you some there's some bread on the floor here you can see little pieces just get you a little piece reach up there and scoop you some off the platform get you just a little piece I want you I want everybody to just get a little piece and maybe put it in a little plastic bag and keep it in your car or in your pocket pick up just a little fragment look at these dust petals I mean there's just pick up a piece just a fragment people with broken emotions broken spirits broken families broken homes broken relationships and God says just pick them up would you grab somebody by the hand next to you and as they begin to sing whatever song they've got would you lift your hands and let the Holy Ghost settle on you and think about people that have been here that aren't here that people you've seen you've invited you know how broken they are. Would you begin to pray for them right now as they begin to sing? God, we want to pick up fragments and pieces. That's it. Come on.
Come on, find you a fragment, find a piece. Come on, somebody praise him. Come on, go get him, go get him. Help that lame man. Help that man that's been laying there 38 years. Reach out and touch him. Reach that wife that's been abused, misused. And now she's divorced and alone. Somebody's gotta reach her. Somebody's got to reach those kids raised in that troubled home. Come on, somebody's got to be kind to them. Somebody's got to lift them up. Come on, lift your hands up. We'll wait for you. David, David is taking the throne. He sits down on the throne and he asks one of his advisors, he said, is there anybody's, is there, is there a son left that I need to bless? And one of the men said, yeah, there's one. What's his name? It's Mephibosheth. Where's he at? Oh, he's way out of town. Well, what's the deal? Well, he can't, he can't be in the royal house anymore. Why not? Well, he's, he got dropped. He got dropped. Who dropped him? Somebody in the kingdom dropped him. I mean, they were under attack. They picked the little boy up running out of the house, and they stumbled or something, dropped the little boy, fell on his ankles, and broke his ankles. So what's the deal? Now he's walking with a limp. Well, you can't have royalty walking around like that, so they... Shoo him out. But King David, as a type of Christ, says, Go get him. They go to Mephibosheth's house, tell him, said, King David, what you what you want me for? I can't, I can't go in the king's house like that. David said he wants you. And I see Mephibosheth walking in the house from Ziklag. Mephibosheth walking in. David said, Come here, Mephibosheth. You got royal blood in your veins, don't you? Yes, sir, but my ankles are broke. Yeah, that don't matter. Come here and sit at the table. He sits down at the table. It's like this. He sits at the table. Can't nobody see his broken ankles. They can't see his defigurement. The table covers him. Do you understand it don't matter how broke, busted, disgusted people's lives may be. When they come to Jesus, he covers up their bustedness. He covers up their broken places. The broken spirit, the misuse, the abuse, whatever made them get on drugs and alcohol, whatever drove them to it. God forgives them, he covers it up. Look at somebody and say, he's covered us up. He covered us up, baby. Y'all ain't going to know yourself in a year. You're going to look in the mirror and say, who is that? And you just tell him, Brother Godwin said, I am the boom shakalaka. 
because Jesus made me that way. Hallelujah. Now, all I'm saying is, is there's some religious Mephibosheths, people that are backslidden. They've lost out with God because they were hurt, dropped in church. But God said, go get them. Bring them back. Lift your hands again one more time in this church. Pray for people that you know that aren't here. Come on, as they sing it again, would you lift your hands and pray? Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your buddies. Pray for your friends at work. Pray for them. Pray for them. Bring them in the name of Jesus. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, lift your hands for just a few more moments. Come on, for a few more moments in this place. Somebody lift your voice and talk to him for just a moment. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody right now, let the Holy Ghost talk to you. Let God speak to you right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Somebody, let the Holy Ghost put a burden in your spirit tonight. Hey! Come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes! 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 Come on, lift up your voice tonight. church I want you to understand something tonight God has used brother Godwin with precision tonight in the Holy Ghost it is not an accident that God gave him the word that he gave him tonight the Godwin uh, hasn't been here at the church for the rehearsals he hasn't been aware of anything we've got going on other than he knows we're I think he just found out we were doing an Easter drama a day or two ago. Didn't even know nothing about it. Tonight before church was the first time we even showed everybody else anything about it. I want you to put that back up. Put, put, put the drama image back up there. Do you realize what the name of Sunday's stage play is? Do y'all do remember that? Put that up there for me, please. The stage graphic. Broken. Broken. God's been preparing us for the broken this weekend. Last night when the, when the rehearsal ended, I called all of the cast and the tech team and everybody to gather around for just a few moments. And those that were here will remember specifically what I began to tell you. I said, there's going to be people here that are broken. They're broken. And I said, there, all of us know what brokenness is. 
All of us know what brokenness is. And I begin to talk to them about tapping in to that memory of the brokenness in their life and to begin to minister to people out of that place of brokenness. I know you see me here with a nice suit on tonight and some shiny shoes and nice pair of glasses and a beautiful family, but I'm going to tell you, that's all I was when God found me right there. That's all I was when God found me right there. And we've got just a few days as we prepare for Sunday. We have just a few days as we prepare for Sunday to collect as many fragments as we can. Jesus said, go pick up the fragments. That's the word for this house tonight, is to go pick up all the pieces. We've got a few days. I, I believe there's a divine appointment on this place for this upcoming Sunday morning. And, and just a few days before Sunday, God said, I'm going to give you a word. Go get as many fragments as you can. Go grab all of the pieces you can grab because I'm about to do some miracles with some broken things. As he was finishing preaching and we were up here at this altar, Sister Carrie Ann, I turned and it's like God spoke to me as soon as I saw you standing there. You spend your days specialized. You've given your life to the subject of brokenness. And I feel like God spoke to me as I was standing at the altar and said, you tell her that if she'll bring the pieces here on Sunday, God's going to do miracles in their lives. You bring as many as you can on Sunday. You empty those houses and you get every one of those women you can get and you bring them here because God's going to heal. God's going to deliver. God's going to set them free in this place. One more time in this sanctuary. I want us to lift our hands. God's commissioning us in this place tonight. Over the next few days, God is commissioning us in this house to pick up the fragments. Come on, right now, I want us to pray specifically, God, give me a sensitivity over the next several days. Everywhere that I go, God, everybody that I know, every place that I am, God, make me a gatherer the next few days. Make me a gatherer, God. Uh, come on, come on, God's telling us if you'll bring them, if you'll bring, there's a miracle in the fragments. Uh, there's a testimony in the fragments. Uh, uh, come on, nothing's going to be wasted. Uh, nothing's going to be lost. Grab every piece that you can. Uh, I don't care if you think they're too far gone. Uh, I don't care. Come on. Uh, there's some people in the building right now. God's going to talk to you uh, about reaching out to some backsliders uh, that look like they're too far gone, uh, that look like there's no hope. Uh, but this week, uh, God has anointed this house uh, for the broken. Uh, God has anointed these people uh, for the broken. Come on, for just a few more moments. Just a couple of more moments. I want us to pray right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Will you remember your brokenness? Can you remember the brokenness in your life? Come on. Come on. God's calling us. God's calling us. God's calling us. God's calling us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, let that be your prayer in this place tonight. Uh, lift your voice. Let that be your prayer tonight. God. We've been praying. We've been praying.
him tonight with faith in our hearts uh, for what he's about to do the rest of this week uh, I believe there's going to be testimonies that happen uh, even before Sunday uh, I believe we're going to see the work of God uh, start happening over the next few days uh, there's going to be some people baptized uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and delivered uh, before they ever get here uh, on Sunday morning uh, I just need about 200 people in the building uh, with faith in your heart uh, to go ahead and put a praise on it tonight. Uh, lift up your voice with faith uh, and just put a praise uh, on what we're believing God uh, to do in this sanctuary. Uh, come on, I need somebody for just 30 seconds. Uh, open up your mouth and give God uh, a great praise in this house. <laughs> 